Danielle is a great baker, and she made a bunch of zucchini loaves and zucchini muffinettes. I, this is not an auction, Aaron. But, but I remember, do y'all remember? I remember one Sunday we were doing something like that, remember? I can't remember what it was, and we started auctioning it off. Was it your lotion? My dad started auctioning off a lotion, man. It was unbelievable. You can't trust these people. All right, anyway, if you like zucchini bread, stay away from my loaf, but uh, there's some little, the little ones over here are left, and if you'll see Danielle afterward. Danielle, wait, raise your hand. That's Danielle. All right. All right, now. We've got uh, we got folks that are looking for chairs. You got a couple of places. Oh, Caesar's right back there. All right, I got two right over here. Eloise, Richard. I don't blame you, brother. No, no, I said no, 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 no. Jennifer, you don't want to sit down? Okay. Caden, stay down there. Stay down there. We got. You may need to help me out later in this. All right, if you've got your Bible. Hey. I'm going to tell you, white people. Y'all are nice Lubbock. <laughs> we break fight breaks out, man. You better hide. You're, you're, you're gonna come sit by me or I'll cut you. Yeah. It's happened in this church. It has happened in this church. Isn't that terrible? If you're visiting, I want to apologize for these people, all right? All right. You've got, if you've got a Bible, I want you to turn to a letter called Colossians. If you don't have a Bible, hold up your hand and we'll get you one. If you don't have a Bible, we want everybody to have their Bible. So hold up your hand and we'll get you one. Now, Colossians is not going to be easy to find. So those of you who are just getting started reading the Bible, and there's a bunch of us in here that are just getting started, you want to find the red letters. If you can find the red letters, then start turning to the right, and you'll be able to spot it. It's a little bitty short book, though, so it'll be easy to miss. All right? And we are not, not in any hurry. So take your time. I want you to find it. I want you to know that I'm not making this stuff up. I
All right, we're in Colossians chapter 1. When the very first church, okay, the very first church you read about in the Bible, that very first church, and that very first church, when they met, they met in homes, or they met in barns, or they met in caves, or they met in ridded buildings like this one. They were a whole lot like us, okay? Truth is, they believed the very same things we believed about Jesus. They, they believed the very same thing we believe about God's Word. Now, they didn't have it in a nice little leather-bound or illustrated book, but they had received a letter from God written by a man named Paul, okay, who was an apostle. He was somebody that God sent. So when they met, I don't know what else was going on. I don't know what else. I don't know if they had to make room for chairs. I don't know if they, if they had to pay somebody to sit by somebody in their church like we do Ed. I don't know. I do know that at some point somebody would have said, hey, we got a letter from Paul, and the moment that statement was made, what would happen? You church folks, tell me what would have happened. Everything else would have stopped. Forget the announcements. Forget the introductions. Forget the welcome to all of our visitors. No, we forget all that stuff. We got a letter from Paul, and here's what he has to say. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. See verse 3? Because, now don't read any further, just read the because. Paul wanted them to know the very first thing out of the box, the very first thing he wanted them to know that he thanked God for them because. I want you to fill in the blank. Now we're going to read what he said in a second. We're going to read what he says here in a minute, okay? But I want us to start off and do the same thing. There are some reasons that I thank God for you. And I'll pitch in and give my share. But those of you who have been here before, those of you who have been here any kind of time before, tell me, tell me, what do you thank God for? Let's make sure these ladies have a chair, okay? Hey, right up here. See, I wanted y'all right on the front row. So now what I can do is I can walk over here and say, there leave me people that come in and late. No, you're never late. How are you? And as soon as Anita sits down, we'll get started. Anita, I watched you coming across the parking lot. Visitors are going, man, you come into that church, it's tough. Yeah. Okay. Colossians chapter 1, in the very third sentence, we'd say verse, but I'm going to say sentence. The third sentence, Paul says, I want you to know I thank God because. I believe there are people that thank God for you. I believe there are people that thank God for this church. I believe there are people that thank God for this place. I believe there are people that thank God for this fellowship. I'll let you call it whatever you want to. Church, fellowship, collection of misfits, whatever you want to call it, I believe there are people that thank God for you. T 
tell me why. All right, I can lean on people here. There are people that will give me words of encouragement or they'll share their knowledge of God's Word with me. I thank God for you because... I thank God for you because saved my life. I thank God for you because I'm sorry? We're not all perfect. I thank God for you because Kylie? Yeah, we all get to be alive. That's good. Clarence? In fact, if you'll read the rest of this list, read what he says. I thank God for you because, look at the words, because of your faith that you have where? In Jesus Christ. And the love that you have for all the saints. Now hang on a second. We're not going to go long, and we're, I'm not going to let you talk long. I just I want a name. 
Tell me somebody in this room. Tell me somebody who belongs to God in this room. Tell me somebody in this room. It's, they've got to be in here right now. Tell me somebody in this room that has loved you, that has blessed you, that has helped you, and you thank God for them. Say it. Ruby. Ruby. Kristen. Eloise. Where's Eloise? There you are. Where's Richard? Oh, yuck. I hate that. I usually spot you in the corner and you work in the right place. All right. Uh, Kim. Teresa Wilson. Where's Teresa? There. All right. Give me another one. Dennis Wilson. Dennis Wilson. Give me another one. Jasmine. Give me another one. Catherine and John. Connie. Brenda. This is Brenda. And I'm trying to point. Catherine, Francis, Francis. Kristen. Kristen, Catherine and John, Catherine and John. Jay, she's new. And the names could keep going on. The love you have for all the saints. And look at this next part. The faith and love that spring from the hope. Underline it. The hope that is stored up where? I thank God for Jesus. And I thank God for you. Because without Jesus. And yes, without you. I wouldn't have the faith I have. I wouldn't have the hope I have. I wouldn't have the love I have. And I certainly wouldn't have this chance that's stored up for me in heaven. And all it, that message, that gospel that has come to you is all over the world. Look at verse 6. And it is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace and all of its truth. Folks, that's taking place. I don't know how to say it to you any blunter than this. That's why there's not room in this room. That's why there are all kinds of things that are being considered and discussed. There's bit different buildings that are being looked at. There are different churches, little places where we're going to start little churches so we can spread this faith out, spread this love out, spread this hope out. And I don't know if it'll end up we'll be in one big old room and we'll all be celebrating together or we'll be broken up into five or six places. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, and I don't know where. I don't know when. Across the street or down the road. It doesn't matter to me. If there is faith, if there is love, if there is hope, guess what? I want you to say it. If there is faith regardless of whether we're all in the same room or not, if there is love for all the saints, whether we're all in the same room or not, if there is hope for all people, whether we're in the same room or not, we're going to we're going to thank God. And it's going to be at this place or that place or that place and that place and that place. I don't know. I just know it's growing and I thank God for that. I'm not, I'm not the song leader and Brad will get us back on track after I start it. But the words of this song were on my heart early, early, early this morning because I was thinking about just things that I thank God for. 
for all that you've done, I will thank you for all that you're going to do. We're going to read verse 9, but I had this thought, and I'm going to say it now, and I'll probably repeat it until you get tired of hearing me say it. Ever so often, somebody asks me, uh, more frequently than ever so often, but people ask me, say, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? What can I do? To there's lots of things you can do to help. There's lots of things you can do to help. I promise. There's lots of things you can do to help. But you can't, if you can't find anything else to do, well, see me. I can help you find something to do. But if you can't find anything else to do, pray. Keep praying for us. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Boy, don't stop praying for me. And for asking God. Now there's two things we're going to note, and then there's four, five under them, but I want you to note two things. I want you, I'm asking God to do what? Read the phrase so you know I'm not making it up. What does what is Paul saying to God that he wants? And what is God, because it's inspired, saying that he wants for us? That we will what? Be filled with the knowledge of His will. Now keep reading. Because folks, if it's just filled with the knowledge of His will, I can go to school, I can become a trivia pursuit champion of the Bible. I can know all the facts. I can... The oldest man in the Bible is Methuselah, and he was 969 years old. I know all that stuff. And some of you do that. What kind of wood did Noah make the ark out of? I see you old people say gopher wood. New Bibles say cypress. little kid in um, Paris, Texas one time hollered out. I asked that same question. He said, beaver wood. So, I think he just thought it was an animal with big teeth. I don't know. Gopher wood, beaver, what's the say? You know. We know facts. We know facts. Some of us grew up going to church and learning facts. Now, time out a second. Some of us didn't necessarily focus on those facts. We focused on what somebody talked about earlier, church house rules. We had all the rules down. We knew why we did what we did and how we could prove that we were doing right when everybody else was doing wrong. And some of us spent lots of years studying how not only to know the right rules, to prove the right rules, to argue and win the argument of the right rules, we went to school so we could teach other people how to do that. Jesus says, I want you to be filled. Jesus said it, y'all. I know it was Paul's prayer, but since Jesus is the one that's inspiring this book, it's Jesus' prayer for His church. If we belong to Him, listen to what He, he wants us to be filled with the knowledge of His will. How? With all wisdom and understanding. What does that mean? 
Put it in our words. Do not give me another version. Do not give me a verse. Do not give me a verse. Give me a... Tell me what it means in your words. To be filled with knowledge with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. To be able to apply it. Give me another way to say it. Now, apply is one we use a lot and it's right. But what does it mean to apply something? To use it. To do what you know. I'm sorry? To practice it. All right, you're right. Practice for every day. What does that mean? I get last call. Excellent. Live by it. All those are good. All excellent. Excellent. It means to experience it, folks. It means to put the will of God in your head and then decide this is going to change the way I think. Because if it changes the way I think, it changes the way I act. If it changes the way I act, it will change the way I. One more time. If it changes the way I think. It'll change the way I behave and the way I act. If it changes the way I act, it'll change the way I... No, because our feelings are, are going to change all the time. You don't want your feet. It's not about your feeling to change. I know we want our feelings to change because some of us are sick of the way we feel, and I understand that. But it ha if we change the way we think, it'll change the way we behave, the way we act... It'll change the way we react, y'all. And that's where I really need help. I know how I'm supposed to act. Do you? I know the rules. Give me a test. Give me a true-false test. Nah, make it multiple choice so I've got a fighting chance, right? Give me a multiple choice of all the right things I'm supposed to do, all the right things I'm supposed to say, all the right ways I'm supposed to live, and I, I bet you that I'd do pretty good on the test. I'd probably make an A because I've been at this a long time learning the facts the truth is, it's not about what I know, it's about how I behave. And it's how I apply what I know when I behave so that I can react properly when I'm caught off guard or when something else happens. Does that make sense? And Paul said, I want to pray for you. Jesus said, I want to pray for you that you'll be filled with the knowledge of His will with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. In other words, don't just know it. Use it. Use it. I hear guys all the time that can quote. I hear them in my office. They'll quote, Husbands, love your wives. And they haven't figured out how to do that. They can quote the verse. Now usually what they tend to, Wives, submit to your husbands. They quote the wife first, and then the wife quotes the husband verse. <laughs> nah. We've got that quoting down business. Let's forget the quoting for a second. Let's just be filled with the knowledge of His will so much though that we not only know it here, we experience it here. Does that make sense? That's His prayer. Now why? Keep reading. Tell me the second reason. The extension, the result, the consequence of this is... There it is. We will live worthy of the Lord. Now, I'm not going to wear you out with this, but I, I want you to use the word for I want you to work on this word for a second. What does the word worthy mean? What does the word worthy mean? Deserving. Deserving. Worthy. I'm sorry? Worth it. Full of worth. Amber smack her. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like you're, like, it's the idea, Jesus gave me this life, so what should I do? Excellent. When people see the way we live, they look at Jesus how? And if you stay worthy, if you stay in the worthy, it means they look, man, that was worth it. Look what Jesus did for them. And it was worth it. It's not that you were good enough, though we want to feel that way. It's not that we deserve it, though that's how it makes us, we, 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 we think we have to be deserving. No, it means that we made it worth it for Jesus to do what He did. Somebody looks at my life and they say, man, look what Jesus did for him. It was worth it. Uh, hang on a second. Are there, is anybody sitting in this room? Anybody sitting in this room that you've loved? Anybody in this room that you've been patient with? Anybody in this room that you've accepted and forgived, forgiven and been able to and put up with them and now you look at them and think, man, it was worth it. You seen it? I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say it, and I wasn't going to mention Ruby's name. But I was going to gear. I was. I was about to say Francis. Anybody sitting in this room? How much time and heartache has Ruby been in your life? Is it worth it now? And when Catherine. Do you remember what you said to me when Catherine first started coming? Yeah. 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 And I'm not, that's not a joke. That's not a joke and it was real and it was right because Francis was trying to make sure and protect her new baby Christian daughter. But now you look at Catherine's life, was it worth it? Yes. Yes. And Catherine knows, I mean Francis has told Catherine that. You see the point? Jesus is praying for us that we will be the kind of folks that know His will and apply it, that we experience it, y'all. It's not a part of, well, those people just know everything there is to know about everything there is to know. I'm not, I don't care if you can tell me the book, chapter, and verse. Let's just live Jesus. And then He says, and live in a way that shows that he, what He did was worthy, that it was worth it to Him, right? And live that life for Him. Now look at the next phrase. Look at the next phrase. Because if we're going to live a life that's worthy, if we're going to live a life that's worthy, if we're going to live a life that's worthy of Jesus, what do we need to do? There's five things. I'm going to read them, list them off, and then we're going to memorize them. Sorry. We're going to memorize them. That you may please Him in every way. Number one, pleasing Him in every way. Number two, Bearing fruit in every good work. Number three, growing in the knowledge of God. Number four, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might. And twelve, giving, joyfully giving thanks to God for what He's done for us. And we'll talk about the details. You see the five things? Now, you may break them up different. I'm fine with that. Every time I teach it, I break them up a different way, but it's made sense to me. As I was getting ready for our study, when I was getting ready for my understanding of this lesson, these five things help me focus. They help me focus on what Jesus really wants to do in me. 
And if it helps me then and good and it helps you, that's even better. All right? So here we go. Number one, please Him, pleasing Him how? In every way. Folks, what does that mean? What does that mean? Pleasing Him in every way means what? To everything that... That's going to please you. Very good. Yeah. That's a good answer. Good answer. I remember, you remember I taught you one time, I was teaching, a, I was teaching, in, I was in California, by the way, and I was teaching a bunch of teenagers, about twice as many teenagers, and I was talking about Jesus respecting his parents and obeying his parents, and we went through the whole lesson, and right before the end of the lesson, when we were talking about we need to treat our parents like Jesus treated his, which made sense to me if we're going to be like Jesus, to try to be like Jesus at home, and this one girl held up her hand, and she said, and stopped right in the middle of the lesson. I thought, that's odd. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, if I do that, my parents are going to expect me to do it all the time. <laughs> what do you say to her? Right. Amen. There you go. She got it. But her point was, I don't want to do it all the time. I don't, I don't mind doing it on their birthday. I don't mind doing it on Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas. Yeah, I can do it. Yes, it's, I'm, I don't mind being nice once in a while. Uh, I love you. But I'm afraid some of us got the same kind of attitude about pleasing Jesus. I want to please Jesus on Sunday. I'll come to church and I'll be nice on Sunday. And then on Monday, I don't have to worry about pleasing Jesus. Start with how you walk, you talk. Start with just your body. Are there things that you do with your body or allow others to do with your body that you know good and well you shouldn't if you're trying to please Jesus? It starts with me, right? But not just my body. It takes place in my home. Oh, it happens way too much. It happens way too much. And, I, and the truth is you can spot it. You can spot it, okay? I don't make a practice of it. I don't sit in my office looking out the window. I don't stand out here and hold the door and look for it. But I can see couples get here the way the car drives into the parking lot. <laughs> they get up, door slam, you know. They're not going to talk to each other. Then. But right before they get up to me, Brother, God bless you. Good to see you. It's like transformation, man. Step on the sidewalk and you're a changed person. Do some of us need to change the way we treat our folks at home? Serious. We need to change the way we treat our folks at home? That's not a church house rule, folks. That's Jesus' prayer. That's our wives, that's our husbands, that's our kids, that's our parents. Um, how about at work? Things we could do better at work, different at work? I won't wear us out on that thought, but if I'm going to answer the prayer that Jesus is praying for me, this is, this is one thing I'm going to have to concentrate on because He's praying that I'll become that kind of person. Read the next one. What's the next one? Pleasing God and, pleasing Jesus in every way and being fruitful. I want you to look at it, okay? Mark it down. 
Now, for some of you, those of you who did not grow up going to church, this is not going to be a hard thought. So what I'm about to say, for those of you who are not church folk, let it go. Just forget this. In fact, take a nap for the next three minutes, okay? Just let it go. Don't pay any attention. But for those of us who grew up going to church, what we mean by bearing fruit is having people become Christians because I taught them. Serious. We've been taught that to bear fruit you had to do something that got somebody, and I'm going to use their word, converted. Okay, now hang on. Time out a second. Time out a second. Take the whole Bible and study bearing fruit. Take the whole Bible and study bearing fruit. Okay? Bearing fruit means what? Bearing fruit, this is the phrase. Don't give me a Bible verse. Just bearing fruit. What does it mean? It's doing what you can do to let God do with you what He made for you to do. Right? An apple does not go, I gotta have an apple tree, I gotta have an apple tree, I gotta have an apple tree, I gotta have an what am I gonna do? They don't sit there on the shelf going, What am I gonna do if he eats me? I can't have an apple tree. What am I gonna do? Oh no, what am I gonna do? Don't buy me, don't buy me, don't buy me. No. An apple does not panic because it has not produced an apple tree. Ta da. You plant the apple, what does the apple do? The seed does what seeds do. And what happens? Because, and you answer this, answer this right, I'm going to lay hands on you. Because God made that apple seed to produce an apple plant. Does that make sense? My dad, farmer, plant cotton crops, acres and acres of that cotton crop, and he'd walk out on that field, he'd walk, he'd be waiting when it had been four, five, six days, and if it had gotten a little sprinkle, that made it tough because a cotton plant, when it comes up out of its crook just to come through the soil, it won't come out. If there's a little crust on the soil, it'll die right there. So you've got to scratch it up. In fact, you heard of a plow called a crust buster. That's what that was. Well, anyway, he would walk, and I'd walk with him, and he'd scratch and scratch. My dad did not stand at the edge of the field going, Grow! He didn't have his kids go, All right, give me a G, give me an R, give me an O-W. No, he didn't do any of that. He was, because growth takes place by, by whose call? God's call. I'm going to start a verse. You church people will quote it. Y'all know the Bible so well. In fact, it's already been referred to. Plant and water, and God will give the growth. God will give the increase. God bears the fruit. So let me say, church folks, would you stop sweating? Stop getting yourself all in a bind because you haven't seen fruit. I, I love you, but I cannot tell you how many of you have come into my office or have said to me, I just really am I'm struggling, Rex. I just, I just don't see any fruit. I see a fruit. <laughs> I never say that. Well, sometimes I do, but you know. I get it all the time. Oh, I just, and I remember, I remember, I was one of you. Then I worried myself sick. Oh, Lord, I just want to do something significant. I just want to bear fruit. I just want to bear fruit. And I'd say it right. I want to bear fruit to your glory. Leave the bearing fruit 
to Jesus. What do you do? Look at the prayer and tell me what my part of that is. Being fruitful in every good work. So what's my job? Work. Do something. Don't just sit around. Do something. Well, I don't know what to do. All right, if you don't know what to do, come talk to me. I'm serious. I will find you something to do. I promise. I'll find you. There's plenty of stuff to do. All right? I'll have you follow some folks around, and they'll show you plenty of stuff to do. But if you just do what you do, if you'll just do what you can do, guess what God will do? He will bear fruit. He'll take care of it. I don't have to worry about it. All right, now next one. Pleasing Jesus in every way, being fruitful in every good work. What's the next one? Growing how? All right, growing in the knowledge of God. Anybody want to tell me how to get that started? Oh, that is just so easy. How about read the words that were written about God that will teach us about God, right? How about just read your Bible? I just want to grow in the knowledge of God. I want to get to know God. I want to get to know God. I asked the kid. He said, Rex, I just want to get to know God. I said, do you read your Bible? No. I don't want to know God. The heavens declare the work of God, the glory of God. The Bible says so and I believe it. Stand out and look at the stars and you will be convinced and amazed by the glory and power of God. That's exactly right. Amen, amen, amen. Right? But you're not going to know anything about God until you read the words that the Spirit revealed to those men and women about God that they wrote down that we can read. So read your Bible. If you don't know where to start, holler. There's some folks here that can help you get started. But you've got to get into the Bible. Praying that you'll grow in the knowledge of God, though, is more than reading your Bible. I, don't, I want to make sure you understand it. You're not going to get to know God unless you... You can't get His Word in you unless you get in His Word. Right? But it's about more than Bible knowledge. It's about more than quoting verses. It's about, again, it's about experience. My friend, and I was so hoping he'd be here today. My friend, the black belt in karate, the guy that gave me his belt, his instructor, his sensei, told him, said, you're a black belt. You're a black belt. He said, but you're not ever going to really be a black belt until you teach somebody else to be a black belt. That's when you really learn stuff. You want to get to know God? Then read your Bible and then teach somebody else to read theirs. Be filled with the knowledge of God. Be worthy of Jesus. Please Him in every way. Be fruitful in every good work. Grow in the knowledge of God and keep going. Being strengthened. Now, I can't spell strengthened, so I'm just going to write being. Being strengthened. Now, I want you to keep reading. What's the point of being strengthened? I love these guys that are bodybuilders. They can't take the cap off a ketchup bottle, but they look good in pictures. I don't, you need that kind of strength? No. Jesus is not talking about us looking good, not talking about us looking strong. He's talking about us being strong. How? Keep reading. Tell me where the strength is. It's endurance and in patience. What does the word endurance mean? Somebody, take the way we define words here. Tell me what endurance means. 
Not to give up. Give me endurance. Suffer through it. Keep going. Endurance. You drop the last part off, it's just endure. You just got to put up with stuff, folks. You got to put up with stuff. Well, I don't agree with what they said. I don't either, but you got to endure. Yeah, but I don't like the way they treated me. I know you don't, but you got to endure. Yeah, but my husband doesn't understand. Guarantee it, none of them do. You got to endure. But my wife, she just doesn't get it. I'm not saying anything about wives because this is recorded. I'm telling you, you just got to put up with it. You just got to endure. Endurance and patience, folks, is how anything gets done, right? Endurance and patience is how anything gets done. How'd you learn to walk? Oh, you were born. They set you down. Right, I mean, right after you were born, they just set you down there in a the little crib. You crawled out of the little incubator thing and went walking, right? No. What'd you do? You didn't even crawl. What'd you do? You laid there like jello with arms, you know. That's all you did, right? And then what happened? You kept doing that stuff, and then your mama rolled it over on your tummy so you could have tummy time, and you could raise your head, <laughs> flopping it and banging in the wall. <laughs> and then, and then all of a sudden, you start. They started picking you up in their lap, and then, and then they, you started pulling up on the furniture. And then finally, somebody got the keys out, and they started going, and you let go and. They were lying to you. They're not going to let you drive the car anyway. But I, uh, you let go and you started walking. And what happened? You took one step, <laughs> crack, cracked your head on the coffee table, burned your face on the carpet. It took you, it took you a long time to get to where you could walk. I just got a chance to learn all that all over again. I got a two-year-old. She's almost two years old living in our house. She can walk, but now she decided that she doesn't want to walk. She's running, and she says, running. Now, she's not going anywhere. She's got wheels like her grandma. But uh, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. My name is Brad Owen, and I'm... <laughs> anyway... What, is, what happens when she starts running? Bang! She bangs into things. She, and she, what she wants to do is to tell her grandmother that she's running and she's outrunning her grandmother. So she turns around to look and what happens? She can't run backwards so she falls down. How long does it take you to get to where you can really maneuver that stuff? It takes a while. It takes a little endurance and patience. Some of you are just now walking with Jesus. Guess what? It's going to take a while. Don't give up. Some of us have been at it a while and some of us still have trouble. I've seen you come up here trying to get up on the step. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not mentioning any names, but I've got videos. <laughs> yeah. we got to have endurance and patience, y'all. And Jesus is praying that we'll have just that. Last one. What's the last one? Joyfully giving thanks. Joyfully giving thanks. 
because God qualified you. I want you to hear the words. I want you to circle them. God qualified you. There's some of us in this room that are not qualified for certain jobs. If we went into certain places to apply for jobs, we could not get them, would not get them, because choices that we made in the past have led consequences that have cost us that privilege, that right, that opportunity. That's the truth. That's the way it is. But that's not the way it is in the kingdom of God. It does not matter what you, where you've been. doesn't matter what you've done. When you received a new life, you were qualified. I just don't feel like I fit in. Then it's your feeling that's messed up because God qualified you. Well, I just don't feel like I deserve it. Well, you're right there, but you're qualified. None of us deserve it. We're qualified. And look what he did. Keep reading. He qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints. And then he did what? Because what did he do for us? He rescued us. I love my old Bible. It says He delivered us. He snatched us out of the power of darkness. Does anybody know? Does anybody in this room know anything about the power, the dominion, the kingdom of darkness? Does anybody know what it's like to be out there and to be lost and to be so hopeless that you think there's no chance in heaven or hell that I'll make it out? Anybody know what that's like? Anybody said, I just want to give up, I want to give in, I want to... Yeah. What did He do? He rescued me. There's not a man in this room that did it. There's not a woman in this room that did it. But Jesus Christ, the Mighty One, did it. He rescued us. And what did He do? Keep reading. Read the next one. He delivered us, my Bible said He delivered us out of the power of darkness and translated, I love my, that translated, it's kind of like beamed up. He did what? He brought us where? Into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Where are you today compared to where you were last year? Where are you today compared to where you were two years ago? Five years ago, ten years ago. Where were you? Where are you now compared to where you were 16 years ago in July? And where are you now? You're in the kingdom of the Son of His love where you have redemption, the forgiveness of your sins. And that makes sense to thank God for that. Doesn't it make sense to thank God for that? So that's the, this is the right time to stop. We're just going to stop. Let's thank God for that. Eat that bread. Remember His body. Drink this cup. Remember His blood. And joyfully give thanks that He qualified you, that He delivered you, that He translated. He brought you. He, he carried you all the way home. Thank Him for that while we remember Jesus.